Blog Talk Radio. Hey everyone, happy Tuesday to you. This is Topic Tuesday on Girl Power Half Hour. And I'm Annette Bingham and Tasha Humphreys is here. Hey Tasha. Hello, happy Tuesday to you. Yeah, we were just talking about the fall weather and how 90 degrees does not constitute fall. <laughs> oh, it isn't. <laughs> And I have been wearing my fall boots every single day, trying to bring Mother Nature into awareness and let her let her know that it is in fact fall, and I need you to bring on the cooler weather, please. She's not listening to me. <laughs> in, She's not attending yeah, instead, my boots. Instead, all you've gotten is sweaty feet. <laughs> exactly, and and very irritable. By the way, I get very irritable yeah. when I'm hot, so I'm just irritated and sweaty. Not helping anything. <laughs> oh yes. Fall, come on, we're ready. All right, so we've got, oh, first let me ask you, how does our Facebook page look, Tasha? Well, honestly. I think the last time I looked it was like 186. Yeah, we're still not quite to 200. We still lack just 14 people. So we need 14 people to like the page, and then we can give away a little, little prize. So so share and tell people to like the page, and then we'll run a contest, and somebody will win a prize. Regardless yeah. of where you are, we'll ship it off to you or uh, right. hand deliver or whatever we're able to do. So uh, right. share it. We need, we need the likes. We want the likes. All right. So we have a serious topic today for Topic yeah. Tuesday. Um, and I have to admit, Tasha, that I know very little about this topic. Um, yeah. We're talking about eating disorders, mm-hmm. how it affects women, and I think the only thing I know really about eating disorders is that it's primarily a female thing, but there are some right. males that go through it too. Quite a few, so, actually, and and a lot of and a lot of men, unfortunately, don't really get the help they need. Uh, again, having, that just has to do with the fact that in our society, men are not as encouraged to seek help as women for anything, really. So, true. Women tend to just seek more help, and therefore, we have more we have more research about women and dealing with these disorders than we do men, simply for that fact. It's m- very similar to sexual abuse, you know, we've, we know very well that men suffer from that. They also uh, are oh, yeah. victims of sexual assault, but we rarely have the statistics correct. We rarely have the research and studies to, to really back that up simply because they're not reported as often and men are not getting the help that they need. So certainly this does affect men as well. We just don't hear about it as much. It's that old men don't cry type thing, you know. You- right. Suck it up, be a man, that type of thing, yeah. Right, right. And that that's unfortunate. Because, <laughs> yes, it does. Because they carry a very difficult burden. You know, we, we are asking men as a society, and oftentimes women, I mean, it's not just men that deal with this, but certainly men more predominantly have been encouraged to suppress their emotions. And that is why you tend to see more uh, men as alcoholics and having higher blood pressure and dying of heart disease at an earlier age simply because they are suppressing so many emotions and not dealing with them. And it is unfortunate. Um, And I agree with you, that needs to change. 
Well, suppressing emotions in any way, shape, or form, male or female, is not a good thing, or even animal is not right. a good thing. Exactly. Um, work, yeah, working with dogs, I know that, you know, dogs that shut down are uh, dangerous. <laughs> right. Um, sometimes, and, um, you know, we need to encourage people to express their emotions as, as healthy as yeah. ways possible. Okay, so eating disorders. Let me let me ask you this. I know it's not simple, but mm-hmm. what is the definition of an eating disorder? Well, actually, there's not so much a definition as there are just symptoms. The truth of it is, eating disorders can can look like different types. So there's anorexia, bulimia, and there's also what's now known as exercise bulimia, which is an exercise disorder. And it falls in the category of eating disorders. And then there's also overeating, which is also an eating disorder. So yeah. basically what an eating disorder is, and this is this is going to exclude exercise for a moment, is an obsessive-compulsive focus on food, whether it be the lack of, like, you know, keeping yourself from eating and trying to count calories all the time and, or whatever it is that you're trying to count these days. It could be carbs or protein or fat or whatever. Being obsessed with what is in your food, obsessed with the eating of it, feeling guilty when you do eat it. Um, And then the exercise bulimia is being obsessed with exercise and doing that compulsively as well. So what I'd rather do is just give you some symptoms of it because... Really, it is an illness, and, you know, we've had Sarah Skogon talking about addiction. And that is what it is classified as. It is an addiction. And, in fact, much of what is out there in terms of treatment is the same as what is out there in terms of treatment for alcoholism or drug addiction. Um, In other words, there are a lot of... Do they have have 12-step programs for eating disorders and... Cool. Yes, and that, okay. that's what I was going to say is that there are a lot of people out there that follow a 12-step program for eating disorders. And so there are, and there, of course, along with this, you would certainly want to do, and I, I say this for alcoholism and addiction as well, and so does Sarah, she would agree with me. Along with the 12-step, you'd want to also in, include counseling because Eating disorders are way more complicated because they deal with food. Because let's think about it. When you talk about alcohol, well, you don't drink alcohol every day and you don't have to drink alcohol every day to survive. And when you talk about cocaine or heroin, you don't have to have cocaine or heroin every day to survive. If you're a heroin addict, you may feel that way because certainly when you stop using, you're going to feel like you're going to die. But you're not actually going to die and you actually can live your life without those substances. However, food is necessary, and we're around it all the time. And it is a huge it's part of stores, our society. It's in our cabinets. It's everywhere. Right, it's everywhere. You know, and it is something that we need. We need it to survive. And so, you know, social gatherings are typically based around it. Family gatherings are based around it. Holidays are based around it. We are always talking about and dealing with food. And And, again, like I said, and I'll reiterate, we need it. To survive, so it is very similar to having some sort of disorder that involves water. You know, it's it's difficult to treat something 
that is necessary for survival. So it really requires a counselor to deal with the OCD, which is obsessive-compulsive disorder, which is a form of an anxiety disorder. It really requires a counselor in order to deal with that aspect of that disease so that you are treating the OCD and helping that person really deal with the anxiety that's behind their eating disorder or their exercise disorder so that they can they can get a handle on the situation and even and I would I would honestly say that I have I've seen a very high relapse rate and I can't tell you the exact numbers but I know that the statistics are very high with regard to relapse as they are with addiction like 75 to 85%. So it is important to keep that incorporated in your life if you are struggling from an eating disorder or an exercise disorder, it's it's really important to keep a counselor, if not for a long period of time, dealing with the issues that caused the OCD or the anxiety, because typically, just like with addiction or alcoholism, there is some there is some aspect of your past or your childhood that it is rooted in. Not necessarily the cause of it, but that's where it started, and that needs to be treated. It needs to be dealt with process, resolve, in order for things to really get better. It's just something that's necessary with something like this because eating disorders are extremely deadly. Um, We've watched celebrities suffer from them and we've seen them die as a result and we certainly know that people who do have these, it isn't just about dying from starvation. Your body shuts down. The heart cannot take the intense pressure that you're putting on it to continue to function without the energy to help it function. Your brain can't take it. Your liver can't take it. And so your major organs begin to fail. And not only do they fail like in late stage anorexia or bulimia, but people can actually do damage to themselves that's irreparable even in the process of struggling with these disorders, even if they never get to the point of death like if they never get to the point of critical. For instance, if someone has starved their brain from carbohydrates for a long period of time, they can then suffer from depression. They can suffer from memory loss. I'm not necessarily saying that would be permanent damage, but that would certainly be damage that they would suffer from. And even when they start to eat again, they will be suffering from that for a period of time until they get balanced. And it may take something else to get them into balance. Um, they can put strain on their heart that is irreparable, that does not come back. The heart muscle might not necessarily heal from that. These can be very deadly disorders, and certainly if you know someone that is struggling from this or if you yourself are, I really, really ask that you listen to these symptoms and, and check this off the list and see if that's something that you or your friend is struggling with or a family member You can always intervene on a friend or family member. In other words, let them know that you see this struggle and that you're concerned about them because this is life or death. And if you love someone, you certainly want to let them know that you see this as a problem and you want them to get help and encourage them to do so and let them know that you can be a support as they do that. For yourself, certainly if this is an issue, call a counselor. This is no way to live. And I can say that as someone that struggled with this you know, on a very minute level, but it it doesn't matter. I mean, I did damage to myself as well. I've had friends that struggled with bulimia that did it the same way that I did, just 
quote-unquote dabbled in it, it's because it was a self-destructive path, and they destroyed part of their esophagus, you know, and they've destroyed teeth, taking enamel off their teeth. So there are consequences to it, and if you're feeling that you're struggling with this, like I said, it's no way to live. It is absolute insanity to try to keep up with the obsessive-compulsive um, behaviors that go along with this disorder. It, it's just crazy making. And you, there's no peace in it. There's no serenity in it. So here's... Well, and I'm going to go through yeah, the different is, disorders because I, I want to give you the symptoms of of three. One I want to go over is the eating disorder and that's just what we know as anorexia. And then we'll look at bulimia. And then I want to look at exercise bulimia and then body dysmorphic disorder. Um, and okay. that's something that we'll discuss last. Anorexia nervosa is um, being obsessed with food and being thin, sometimes to the point of deadly self-starvation. So it's not necessarily that someone is starving themselves to death. People can have anorexia and not be to that point, but it can certainly get to that point. So the symptoms for this, and this is again anorexia, which... Anorexia nervosa is how we know it in the DSM, but anorexia is what how we know it as a society. Refusal to eat and denial of hunger, an intense fear of gaining weight, a negative or distorted self-image, excessive exercise, flat mood or a lack of emotion, irritability, fear of eating in public, preoccupation with food, social withdrawal, thin appearance, trouble sleeping, soft, downy hair present on the body. In other words, when people start getting thicker arm hair or facial hair, that's what that is. Menstrual irregularities or loss of menstruation, if they're not having their periods um, regularly or they're not having them at all. Constipation, abdominal pain, dry skin, frequently being cold, irregular heart rhythms, low blood pressure, and dehydration. And just really quickly before we move on to the next, um, I have known a few women that have struggled with this. My mother struggled with this and actually was given six months to live as a result of being anorexic. And I tend to see that even with my mom, she threw in some bulimia as well. In other words, she did have some bulimic tendencies too, but she really did starve herself um, but if she did eat then she would you know regurgitate that the point is that typically what happens is it starts from the beginning of the symptoms I read and progresses down that line so you see someone starting to refuse to eat and denying that they're hungry and they have this intense fear of gaining weight as if it's the end of the world if they do and then they start to have this, you notice that they have this really negative or distorted self-image, like they don't see themselves as the way society sees them, constantly saying that they're fat. In other words, when they, they don't have an ounce of fat on them, or they're not by any means constituting fat. There's not anything like that. You know, they're just very concerned with their body, and they, they have a very negative perspective of it on it. Um, then they start to exercise excessively. They get, it gets to be really too much. You, you know, they're starting to go to the gym all the time, spending a lot of time there, walking constantly, and they don't need to do this because, honestly, as we've talked about in the past, exercise needs to be a day, day-to-day routine in the sense that it's just to keep you healthy so that you're not absolutely emotive 
but it is not about overdoing it, obsessing with it. And so you're going to notice that, that someone is really excessive here. Um, and then after all of that has been happening, you'll start to see the lack of emotion and the irritability and the fear of eating in public because they don't want to feel the guilt or the shame or, or let anybody see them eat. Um, they'll be preoccupied with food, and you'll start hear them talking about how many calories are in something, how many carbs this has, how many how much protein this has, how much you know. It, it'll be very obvious because it's somewhat irritating for people who aren't concerned with that because it is constant. It's you can tell it's an obsession because it's all that, that they talk about, um, and then you see the social withdrawal, and then they become thin, then they have trouble sleeping, and that's when when they become really thin then that's when they start to get cold and they're wearing coats, you know, in the summer and they're freezing in the summer and in a room that's comfortable for most people, they're they're cold and there's hair growing on their face. You're, you'll start to see that little peach fuzz on their skin. And so these are things that I think are progressive um, in terms of the way the symptoms are listed. Okay. Next one is bulimia. Um, you have bulimia. You have episodes of binging and purging. In other words, they'll eat a great deal of food and sometimes junk food, not necessarily, but sometimes a lot of junk food, food that, that they really want to eat that tastes really good, and then they'll throw it up or take laxatives to get rid of it and sometimes even take diuretics to release any water weight. During these episodes, you typically eat a large amount of food in a short duration and then try to rid yourself of the extra calories through vomiting or excessive exercise. So that's where the exercise comes in um, as well, is that there is some need in their mind to shed the food that they just ate. Now, remember with bulimia, this is not just normal eating and then and then getting rid of it. Um, that happens with bulimia, but that also happens with anorexia. They'll, if they eat anything, they feel guilty about eating it. And like I said with my mother, they'll throw it up or take a, lax, take a laxative to get rid of it or exercise excessively. With bulimia, it's really more about, yes, they will do that as well, but it's, it's typically about sitting in a room and eating a ton of food, usually in private, maybe even storing it in a closet or under the bed, having it somewhere where people wouldn't normally see it because they feel ashamed of that food that they're hoarding. And then eating it all, getting rid of the wrappers and not letting anybody see that, and then throwing it up or taking laxatives or exercising excessively to get rid of it. Some way to detox it or get it out of their system. Here are the signs and symptoms for bulimia. Eating until the point of discomfort or pain, often with high fat or sweet foods. Self-induced vomiting, laxative use, excessive exercise, an unhealthy focus on body shape and weight, a distorted, excessively negative body image, low self-esteem, going to the bathroom after eating or during meals, a feeling that you can't control your eating behavior, abnormal bowel functioning, damaged teeth and gums. And let me say on the damaged teeth and gums, before I move on to the next symptoms, one way that we in the recovery field, um, whenever I worked at the Center for the Study of Addiction and Recovery at Texas Tech, if we had someone that we felt might be struggling with this, one way to make sure that that's what the diagnosis was, 
was to send them to the dentist. A dentist can spot this faster than any other medical professional because of the damage done to the teeth and gums. The next symptom is swollen uh, salivary glands in the cheeks, sores in the throat and mouth. Again, that is from the stomach acid that's continually brought up and then is irritating your throat and mouth. Dehydration, irregular heartbeat, sores, scars, or calluses on the knuckles, on the knuckles or hands, menstrual irregularities or loss of menstruation, constant dieting or fasting, and possibly drug or alcohol abuse. With these particular symptoms, um, this is not necessarily progressive because with bulimia, those later symptoms show up pretty quickly. And the reason is because obviously you put a lot of stress on your body when you're throwing up. Um, Vomiting is a very intense um, act for your body to perform, and it typically does it in an effort to protect you from poison or to get to get rid of a poison or a virus or bacteria that's in your body that is foreign, that your body is aware does not need to be there. So when you're inducing vomiting on your body and throwing up excessively, it doesn't take long for you to start seeing damaged teeth and gums and swollen salivary glands and sores in your throat and to experience dehydration. And um, the only thing that would really start maybe later is the menstrual irregularities. And that's just because the more um, that you lose body fat and the less that you receive nutrients as a woman, your reproductive system is one of the first things to shut down because it really can't function without a certain amount of fat and nutrients. Um, I also want to go over really quickly binge eating disorder. That's what we call overeating because it is a disorder and people don't really realize when we talk about eating disorders that we're also talking about overeating. When you have binge eating disorder, you regularly eat excessive amounts of food. But don't try to compensate for this behavior with exercise or purging as someone with bulimia or anorexia might. You may eat when you're not hungry and continue eating even long after you're comfortably full. After a binge, you may feel guilty or ashamed, which can trigger a new round of binging. You may be a normal weight, overweight, or obese. In other words, you don't have to be obese or overweight to be a binge eater. And binge eating sometimes looks like stress eating or depression eating. Some people just call it comfort food, but it's actually binge eating because they're eating foods to get an emotional response, a sense of comfort. And what typically happens is, like this stated, they start to feel guilt and then they reach out to food again to feel better. The symptoms for this. Eating to the point of discomfort or pain. Eating much more food during a binge episode than during a normal meal or snack. Eating faster during binge episodes. Feeling that your eating behavior is out of control. Frequently eating alone. Feeling depressed, disgusted, or upset over the amount that you eat. Now, this website, and I'm getting this particular information from the mayoclinic.com. I get a lot of information from them because they're, it's a medical-based. Um, you know, it talks about when to see a doctor. The truth is, if you're struggling with any of this, call a counselor. I say that because no matter what level you're at, 
clearly there is an issue underlying food. It really isn't about food. That is the focus, but it's just like alcoholism isn't about alcohol. Drug addiction isn't about the drug. It's about something going on inside you, and that needs to be attended to. A medical doctor is not necessarily going to know what to do. Certainly, if you're having these later-day symptoms, you need to see a doctor because then you're going to have physical consequences that a doctor needs to attend to. But the mental aspect of it and the emotional aspect of it, only a trained counselor will be able to deal with that. And they can certainly refer you to treatment if that is what you need. And if it is this severe, that is what you need. Um, but it's no way to live, and it's not a happy way to live, and I certainly encourage anyone that's struggling with that to reach out. One thing that I've I've talked about a lot on my personal Facebook page, and I don't want to skip a lot of time because I know we run out so quickly. People these days are really focusing so much on exercise and what they call fitness <laughs> that it's really not fitness anymore. It's sickness because... It's one thing to try to stay healthy physically, emotionally. You know, we've talked about holistic health. It's one thing to try to stay healthy. But it's another to be so out of balance that you're posting more pa- more pictures on your Facebook page or your Instagram about your weight loss or your weight gain, if you're lifting, or your food choices than your own children. That is an obsession, and in my opinion, there is a problem there because suddenly you're obsessed with exercise and obsessed with food and what kind of food you're eating and how much of it you're eating, and that's not healthy because it's out of balance. So I did want to let people know there is actually an eating disorder now known as exercise bulimia, and it falls under the same category simply because it's dealt with in a similar way, because it's rooted in a similar way. It's rooted in, basically, body dysmorphia, the idea that something about you is not perfect and that you're going to keep either eating or not eating or exercising until it is. And it's typically a distorted image. It's not reality, in other words. Um, But I'm going to read a little bit about this for you. And, again, this this comes from um, the same website. Exercise bulimia is hard to diagnose since everyone talks about how great it is to exercise. So, again, this is a difficult one because our society is focused on it. We've gotten so um, quick to think that if you're working all the time, that's a good thing, and if you're exercising all the time, that's a good thing. What we call that in recovery is society-enabled addictions because society often not only condones it but encourages it. Work all the time. Well, that's workaholism. Exercise all the time. You have exercise bulimia. But those are things that society thinks highly of you for. So this can be very difficult to diagnose and very difficult for people to self-diagnose. And it goes on to say, if you do more, isn't that good? Well, not if you're taking it too far. If you use exercise to purge or compensate for eating binges or just regular eating, in other words, if you feel guilty for just eating your lunch or what you had for lunch and you go out to exercise to try to compensate for that, you could be suffering from exercise bulimia. Of course, knowing how much exercise is too much is something you may end up learning the hard way. But if you pay attention to your body, and there's the key, there are warning signs that you've taken exercise to the max. The symptoms. Compulsive exercisers will often schedule their lives around exercise, just as those with eating disorders schedule their lives around eating or not eating. 
Other indications of compulsive exercise are missing work, parties, or other appointments in order to work out, working out with an injury or while sick. I should clear my throat here, Annette, but I'm not going to. (laughs) 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 Becoming seriously depressed. (laughs) Becoming seriously depressed if you can't get a workout in. Working out for hours at a time each day. Not taking any rest or recovery or recovery days. Or rest for recovery or recovery days. And let me quickly say... I struggled with this for sure, and there was no dabbling in it at all. It was clear-cut struggle with exercise bulimia. Compulsive exercising has to do with control, just like any of these other disorders I've discussed, and here are the dangers. Exercising too much can cause all kinds of problems, including injuries such as stress fractures. I have seen many, many girls with this disorder that have numerous stress fractures, also strains and sprains. Low body fat. This may sound good, but for women, it can cause some serious problems, including a lack of reproductive um, ability and their reproductive system shuts down. Exercising too much can cause a woman's period to stop, which can cause bone loss. So they can suffer from osteoporosis. Fatigue, dehydration, osteoporosis, arthritis, reproductive problems, and heart problems. It is no less deadly than the eating disorders we've discussed. It is just more condoned or encouraged in our society and unfortunately people don't know enough about it. Um, This has been been fantastic. Lots and lots of information. We may need to talk about this some more. Yes, and I do want to cover that some more, so we will have to, most definitely. Well, tomorrow is Wellness Wednesday, and we will see you then on Wellness Wednesday. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.